This call is being recorded. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Peter Garl. I'm the Vice President of Business Development and Client Relations for TechBlocks, and your host today on the show. TechBlocks is a company that helps all types of clients optimize their operations in the digital world. And a great example of the kind of work that we do is the development of self-serve portals that empower our customers' clients to give them uh, online access to information that they'd ordinarily have to dig and dig and dig and do call centers uh, to find out about. We have a very special show for you today. Normally, that's just one guest, but today we've got the triple threat at the table. I've got Tom Tutal Cunningham, I've got Taylor Tag, and I've got Timothy Chim at the table. These three gentlemen happen to have a lot in common. The biggest thing they have in common today, and the purpose for this show, is to come on here and talk about their latest venture, which is a book that they have authored together adversity to advantage now that is quite a title and i know that it's deep deep seated stories are in behind it and i know that you're going to enjoy hearing some of the from the heart very soulful very meaningful conversations that went into making up this fabulous fabulous book by the way it will be available for you on November the 9th, All Things Possible. Now, let, rather than let me introduce you to those gentlemen, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves individually, but I want to tag something. Gentlemen, if I may, I would like you to introduce yourself. I'll, I'll give you the order, but perhaps tell us, a little bit about yourself and tell us what compelled you, what motivated you to get involved with this project. Let's start with our our special guest number one, Tom Tutal Cunningham. Take it away, Tom. Thank you so much, uh, Peter. I appreciate that uh, so much. And my adversity that I've been able to turn into advantages, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the age of five. It's affected every joint in my body from my jaw to my toes. Even my smile is affected. Uh, when I smile, one side of my mouth doesn't go up very much because there's mus uh, joints in your jaw. I've been in hospital about 40 times. I've had four hips replaced, four knees replaced, and two shoulders replaced. Now, that makes me sound like a spider. And... Uh, <laughs> or, uh, and most of my joints don't move at all. They're totally fused, my wrists, my ankles, uh, numerous, my neck barely moves. So I have most of my joints are either totally fused or have really limited range of motion. And because of prednisone, a drug that I took for 15 plus years, I uh, it stunted my growth. That's one of the side effects. So I'm five foot one, hence the nickname too tall. Um, it also gave me cataracts when I was 12 years old. Whoever heard of a 12-year-old getting cataracts? But that's oh one God. of the side effects of the the medication. And really, the 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 meaning for me behind adversity to advantage is, uh, as much as I hate to admit it and even talk about it, because you imagine if you're in pain and you have to talk about your pain, kind of makes you feel like you're more in pain than you would really want to be because you're focusing on it. Um, but I'm hurting uh, right I, now, Tom. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've lived in pain 24-7, not one minute past since I'm five years old. I'm 52 now, 47 years, without wow. pain in five or six joints in my body every day of various levels. And at, when I was first married, my wife Kim used to say sometimes, oh, well, you're used to living in pain. <laughs> Wrong. That is incorrect. <laughs> Every day with pain is a day with pain. You don't. I never get to two o'clock in the afternoon and say to myself, 
oh, right, yeah, I'm in pain today. I didn't <laughs> remember that. I'm in pain all the time. And yet, I am extremely well known for always answering amazing when asked how I'm doing. Now, mostly I don't do it to impress you or motivate you. I do it to remind myself. For instance, why would I say amazing? I live in Canada, in Ontario, and being in the hospital 40 times has cost me nothing. We have (laughs) universal health care here. One of our guests coming up here, Mr. Tim Chim, one of my great, 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 great friends and brothers, his sons had a kidney transplant, and he was telling me the other day that it's very expensive for all these treatments in the U.S. So what a tremendous blessing I've had. And so I've learned a few things from being in pain 24-7 for 47 years. And I want to be able to share that with other people that uh, pain is there all the time, but if Mm -hmm. you choose to focus on it, you will be in more pain. But if you choose to serve other people and help other people and encourage other people uh, and empathize, empathize with other people, you can really get a lot of blessing out of it. I do a lot of workshops for the Arthritis Society up here, and you can imagine the impact I have on people. Uh, some people will come up to me and say, oh, Tom, I just have it in my hands, and I feel so bad about complaining or coming to a workshop. I'm able to tell them that, listen, pain is pain, whether you have it in your one hand or both hands or 68 joints, it's still painful. And I'm really able to speak into their lives about how they can not keep their 60,000 thoughts a day focused, all of them, on being in pain, but how they can redirect their thinking and think of some positive things so that their life is not all about being in pain and they're not telling everybody they meet, oh, I'm in pain today. And so that's the reason I wanted to contribute to this book is to take... Uh, uh, the adversity I've had and turn it into a way to bless and help and serve other people who have various health care, health illnesses, pain, and help them to redirect their thinking and their purpose in life to a more positive one. That's brilliant. You know, just as I'm I'm thinking, you know, Tom, just as I'm hearing you uh, in, in that about utilizing those blocking mechanism, as it were. I can see some relational things into business, you know, that they're, and, and just everyday life in, in that, you know, people are, 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 as it were, afflicted with all kinds of things. And I think that uh, it sounds like uh, uh, your uh, insight uh, is going to be of great use. Thanks very much for that introduction. And, uh, uh, I look forward to speaking to you a little bit more. Um, let's go to our second guest, and um, his name is Taylor Tag, and he's got a completely different story, but at the same time, got I'm sure something unique and interesting to tell us about himself and why he felt compelled to get involved in this book. Taylor, over to you. Well, thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me uh, on the show, and glad to be with uh, with Tom and Tim today. It's hard it's hard to follow Tom because you you know how much physical pain he's gone through, and then you ask yourself the question, right. what 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 hasn't hurt in in Tom's body? You know, but um, we we all do have a very different uh, approach to this book, which I think is really what makes it shine. And mm-hmm. my my focus really on adversity is more from the the mental and emotional aspect of what a person goes through when they go through a difficult time. Uh, I had a you know difficult childhood, and I wrote a book on that called The Path to the Peaceful Heart. And I had some very difficult moments and years trying to make sense of all that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to turn that around and transform it in my life into something very positive, which is one of the very important reasons why I got involved uh, with Tom and Tim in writing this book on adversity to advantage. Uh, I have a business background, so you know I was in corporate America for quite a long time in uh, finance and accounting. So I had kind of a more analytical look at adversity, and uh, my story is walking through uh, adversity and defeat, but it's more focused on 
defeat itself and fear. Uh, mm. I, even though I'm a motivational speaker, I had a really difficult time uh, getting through the fact that I was going to be a public speaker. I had a paralyzing fear of that. And I tell the story of how I overcame it in the book and also made a huge, huge mistake in business uh, at a company I was working for. And it was it was so big that it really affected my whole team. And I had to make sense of that. I had to turn that around into something that was more positive, uh, not only for myself, but for my team. And so that's kind of the, the aspect that I take in, in uh, contributing to this book with Tom and Tim, and which I, which I think is going to be uh, a great look um, from three very different perspectives. Uh, I do ask four, four questions, four questions in the book mm-hmm. for people who are working through a difficult situation. And I can go through those four questions later yeah, in this call, but um, it's 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 good that people have some kind of structure, some kind of uh, way to move the, through their adversity step by step. And so that's that's what I bring to the table. And I really, really, and I'll tell you a quick story about how uh, Tom and Tim uh, got involved with with this book. That's brilliant. And we're all we're all connected through the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Ah. And I went on the leadership certification trip in 2011. That's that's where I met Tom. And I knew coming away from that trip that somehow I was going to work with him on a project. I didn't know what it was. I just knew somehow that we would work together. And so early in 2013, I approached Tom and said, Tom, what do you think about writing a book uh, together? And he said, well, I got this guy over here named Tim Chim. And what do you think about getting him involved too? And I said, well, hey. Tim Chim's in. Let's go. And then I heard Tim's story. And then I was like, you better believe Tim Chim's going to be in this book <laughs> because Tim has an utterly amazing, amazing story that would floor anybody. And yeah. so I'm going to give it back over to Tim to tell his side of the story. <laughs> but I'm really excited to be here and be involved with this book with these guys. That's fantastic. Thank you, Taylor, for that uh, for that uh, introduction. That's fabulous. And and it, it, this isn't, I, I want to let the audience know, this isn't a matter of one-upmanship, and I didn't put you in any specific order, because there are very unique things that every member of the audience can consider some kind of affliction, whether it be, like you said, t- uh, Taylor, some kind of fear, some kind of element of uh, uh, lack of confidence, you know, not enough courage to do something, and uh, and I think that the, it all, your stories, from what I, about already I've reviewed, will really diminish the value of someone else's. You know, they say that if you've had a really bad day, just go. I'm sure you can probably find someone that had a worse one to make you feel better. And um, without missing out, let's. Uh, I would like to hear from Tim and his very unique story, which I, I've. I've heard a little bit about before, and I agree with you, Taylor. It will floor people because there's there's just so many heart wrenching elements in, in Tim's story. So, Tim Chim, welcome uh, to the show. Um, introduce yourself, my friend, and uh, please uh, give us the reason in, from your heart as to why you felt compelled to get involved with this book. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Tom and Taylor, for uh, good words, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk from uh, this end. Well, uh, to answer your questions, my uh, name is Timothy Chim. I I am a motivation, motivational speaker, and and all state owners here, the agency in Nanuet, New York, uh, since 1987. Now, I was born in in a very rural village in Cambodia, and from the young age, dream for freedom, for a better life here in the United States. I did not know where the United States was, but that was my dream for. So I've been longing, longing to share my story with the world for so many years, and it is a great opportunity for me to do it now with my co-authors, Tom and Taylor. And they are great, uh, Peter. Without them, I would not be able to do this, to uh, get my words out. So and their stories are similar to mine in uh, with regard to to learning from adversity and defeat 
and turned it into advantage. In my case, I have been learning how to turn adversity or many adversities in my life ever since I was a boy into advantages. Now I turn fear into faith. When I was waiting on line to be killed, you're going to hear that story. Yeah. And and uh, I, I just want you to imagine that you are now dropping into the middle of a deep, deep jungle. Never knew that before. And the sky was dark and gloomy with drizzling rain, rain, rain dropping on your like almost dead body already, weak, weak body. Now you are sitting on this soaking and nasty ground that stinks like slushy mud in, in a pigsty. Now Tom probably know why I'm using that version, a pigsty. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you know, you're wait, now you're waiting in a long line for your name to be called, Peter. Yeah. When you look around, you see many guards with, their AK-47 rifles, yeah. they're watching you like a hawk. And they're ready to, to shoot you when you make any wrong move, if you make any wrong move. Wow. Now, about 100 innocent people, including men, women, children, some of them are cry were crying, you know, in their mother's arm. But they are waiting in the same line now, the same line waiting to be called. Wow. And they most likely do not know what's going to go to happen to them next. Right. Now imagine further that you know you have less than maybe 10, 15 minutes to live. Now you're put in that long line waiting to be what? To be executed. Not in a firing squad styles or anything like that, but it's going to be going to be clubbed with a hoe. You know that garden yeah. hoe? Yeah. Now, now, the people that were waiting with you, began, they began, they, 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 the, the soldier began to call their name. And they are being take, they are taken away one by one, right? Yeah. Now, my name was going to be next. My name was going to be necked. And all I knew was that somebody or someone was behind me telling me, Tim, you got to do it. You got to take this chance now. I was so fearful. But then what happened was instantly that fate in myself and in something that we call infinite intelligence I turned that fear into fate. I started to jump over those heads, look down like I was flying. And suddenly I heard all of that rounds and rounds shot from all angles, from the soldiers running across the fields like a football field, zigzagging, you know, dancing around the bullets. But knowing that, I have I had faith in myself and faith in the so-called infinite intelligence that knowing that I did not I would not get hit. You know I turn fear into faith. Wow. This is one of the reason why I want to share this story with the with the, the whole world out there. And many occasions that I turn you know like bad situation into good to save my life to save other people's life. So these are the main reasons why I share, I want to share the story along with uh, my co-authors, Tom and Teller. And I don't want to give a lot of information here because you're going to have to try to read that book. I know. Uh, yeah, let's not give away the whole story. Uh, I, I, must tell yeah. you, I must tell you, Tim, though, at this stage, that is a very disturbing story. I mean, I... I mean, I'm, you're actually, you're taking my breath away just a little bit. I, I'm just, I, I, I've heard, I heard some of the, I heard some of the story previously, but I think it's just how you spelled it out, you know, that, and that I can, I can feel the emotion. I, you, have, you put me in that picture and, uh, and 
boy, I, I, I now can't wait to read the book. I mean, because this, this is there's some incredible things in here. That's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. And and it's a difficult thing to share something that's that horrible, you know, uh, in your life. Um, Tom, you and I, it, you and I, Tom. Well, we work together, right? I mean, we've I've seen I've seen the I've seen the struggles that you know that you've uh, that you've gone through day in day out, climbing stairs, getting downstairs, getting in and out of cars, and things like that. You know, so. I mean, often, I, you know, I, I just remember meeting you the first time, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy is, feels he's so motivated, and yet he's got every reason not to be, right? I mean, you probably get that all the time, don't you? I do, uh, so often, and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, it gives me some purpose for going through the pain I go through, because some days, especially the last six months, it's been really bad, worse than it's been in... 20 years and so to be able to encourage someone while you're going through that pain at least gives you some reason or purpose to remain positive and to speak into other people's lives but peter i worked with you so i know something about you turning (laughs) adversity into advantage and i know like taylor and taylor didn't go into too much depth and tim tim that's like five percent of tim's story like it gets even more amazing after that but you had a a tough childhood that enabled you or that you turned into adversity because today you get paid uh, over a thousand dollars i think for every painting you get and i would think much more on some of them uh but you came by that skill and talent because of your tough childhood so talk a little bit about that because you really did turn adversity into advantage which is a topic of the book i know and uh and i first of all thanks for turning the tables on me (laughs) that's that's not unlike you but you know what um you're right uh and i don't mind sharing that because i think uh i think it lines up really really well with uh with some of what taylor went through in in his life and that uh, you know, as a young person, I, I actually, I never knew my father. My father was a stepfather to me. And and so, you know, when he met my mother, my mother was already pregnant with me. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, it was one of those situations where, hey, that just happens to be the, it's a little taboo in 1950 to be pregnant and not have a husband and, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. I think it's still... You know, there's still some people who think that way, but I think most definitely in 1950, that would have been a problem. So uh, these two young people get together, and then, and of course, I, I'm the child of, uh, I'm the child of that marriage, and I actually don't even know at that time, obviously, that this person is only my stepfather. But one of the things that I think that evolved as I, as I, as I grew as a child was the fact that. I think there was a little resentment in how I came about because it wasn't the purest man and wife child situation. It was wife with child, man comes along to to round out the equation. So that has to be a difficult situation in itself. And obviously the individual that, that was my stepfather had no way, what shall we say, no um mechanism with which to fight it so he i found what he did actually do was take his anger and his own aggression out on me as an individual and so i was for all intents and purposes an abused child that's all there is to it that, that you know i'm i'm not ginger haired but i was abused but regardless and one of the things i used to do is Try to find a way, even as a young child of like six and seven and what have you, you know, find a way to remove myself from the equation. Much like the story of of Tim running the running the hell out of getting the hell out of dodge, right, and the dodging the bullets. So I I thought out all kinds of ways and means to do that. And what I would do is. I'd, well, on the weekends when uh, when the family would take uh, trips 
I was at the seaside, I'd say, no, 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 don't worry. I don't need to go with you. Um, I'll stay home. Uh, I'll just do some painting and uh, I'll do some drawing because I love doing it. And uh, as a bonus, when you get back, the supper will be ready on the table. So, I mean, I mean, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you buy into that? It's almost like I, be, I became, as it were, a salesman. Because I would sell them, I would sell my stepfather on the fact that he should, A, go without me, B, leave me at home, and let me develop my skill set. And at the same time, the bonus for him, he'd get a meal when he came home. And quite frankly, it, uh, that, those days offered me the best and the sweetest moments of my life. And actually, interestingly, and uh, you probably saw that on Twitter today, I actually tweeted Throwback Thursday, and I put a picture of myself at school in 1956 and a picture of myself today at, at Tech Blocks. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny, this uh, sour, sweet kind of feeling I have in putting that out there, but in a sense, it's also therapy because I think, you know what, face this for what it is. Face this for the value that you can get from it. And I think that that's exactly the kinds of things that uh, all three of you gentlemen have uh, actually done. Um, your, thought, your thoughts, Tim? Tim, what do you... Do you have yeah, anything to add I on think, uh, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you uh, have added uh, an additional story there for tonight's uh, show. Uh, Peter, I uh, congratulate you for for uh, learning how to turn whatever you had there into advantages. Maybe, uh, you know, it's not as uh, as as bad as me in terms of running or from bullets or anything, but it's it's as bad as to move things from from uh, adversity to a uh, not just advantage but to uh, to uh, succeed in your uh, venture and business venture there and mm-hmm. congratulations man yeah Thanks. very good yeah. yes Taylor, hey you... guys, can I jump in here? Uh, yeah, by all means. Uh, I'm, I'm taking over from the host. That's hey, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's a reverse, uh, a reverse play here. Yeah. But your story, uh, uh, Peter, is so much like Taylor's story. And uh, I don't, Taylor, are you shy sometimes to tell that story of your childhood? Because I remember at the Napoleon Hill Leader Certification Course, I knew you'd gone through challenges from your talk, but. It didn't always go into the detail of it, uh, but it's very similar to Peter's story there of uh, a challenge during childhood that really, you, as you mentioned earlier, it took you a number of years to deal with that, figure it out, and get past it. Uh, but you have a similar story, and you mentioned you've written a, another book about it. Uh, but add on to Peter's story there, because in my case, for instance, when I say amazing, I have to think of all these reasons why I would say amazing. And one of them is I grew up in an amazing family. My parents were really, real, and are still really, really great. And my two sisters were tremendously helpful. And so when I hear a story like Peter's or Taylor's, to me that brings me pain, emotional pain, just thinking of, growing up with parents that weren't as amazing as mine. Yeah. Yeah, and I I'll add to Peter Peter's story and my and my own too. You're right you're right, Tom, is that, you know, I did go through a difficult childhood. It was a very mental and and emotional abusive situation. And I you know, I, I don't mind talking about it because it was a, a very real thing and I think I much like Peter found myself thinking of, of ways, uh to distract myself and to you know not be in it, but in that became a blessing because I I kind of uh, found a way to detach from that situation, and when I did, I was able to kind of mentally see what was really happening without feeling so bad about it. And so there were there were blessings in that difficult time, and uh, for me, 
you know, my abusive situation was over a period of 10 years. So that, that's a long time, especially when you're a small child. Yeah. That seems like an eternity. And, you know, one of the first questions I asked, you know, people moving through uh, adverse situations is, is your adversity temporary? For me as a child in that situation, it seemed like it was going to go on forever. Right. There's no ending to it. And so uh, ask the question, is your adversity temporary? If you can say yes to that question, then you've suddenly opened your mind to the possibility that there is an end date to whatever you're going through. And mm-hmm. so if there's an end date, then you've got something to look forward to. And that's that's exactly what I found myself doing in those situations. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll I'll tell you, Taylor. Uh, I I remember the day that I found out that the gentleman who uh, um, was my stepfather, the day that I found out that he wasn't my father, how happy a day that was. And regardless of the state that I was in, my mother came to me, and I think it was partially they had they had uh, broken up, they split up, the marriage had split, and so she came to me and she said. I want to tell you something that we, we haven't told you. And here I am. I'm 21 years old. And uh, my mom's sitting down in front of me. We're having a coffee someplace up in Waterloo. And she's sitting there and she's saying, your dad's not your dad. He's your stepdad. And I went, I, and I think, what are you crying for? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, what a relief. I said, that's such great news to me because... Like for 21 years of ugly, I now feel awesome, and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm feeling like, uh, you know, like I just had this weight lifted off my shoulders, and I thought, oh my god, this is fabulous! I could totally estrange myself with this. Right? <laughs> oh man, the, yeah. the things we carry around with us. But I'll tell you, you know, Tom asked you, Tom asked you, Taylor, whether you're, you know, you're shy about saying it. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, I probably was myself, but, uh, you know, as a mature person right now, in helping other people understand that there are values to be had from such stories, I have to tell the story. I feel compelled to tell the story. I, I, don't, don't you, yeah. Taylor? Don't you? I, I agree. I, I think that... Um... It is compelling to tell a story, and, and I, you know, I don't go into too many, you know, details in telling my story because for me, the, the details are not important. What's right. more important for me is how I've changed the meaning of what that situation means to me. Yeah. You know, as a child, it was an abusive situation of why do I, why am I going through this? Why do I have to endure nights of yelling and cussing me out and yeah, uh, yelling and screaming at my mother, and right. I can't protect her as a small child. Why do I have to deal with this? Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, I've been able to turn that around into something that now works for me rather than something that happens to me. So, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't really uh, shy away from the details of the story, but I like to take the, the details in the story and turn it around into what it now means to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Tom, what form does the book, uh, like for the audience, what form does the book take? Are are each of you are writing a chapter or is it a combination of things? Like, tell us a little bit about how it's formulated. Right. We each wrote, uh, Tim's is more, uh, Tim's is, uh, I'm just happy to be in the same book with Tim. Uh, if you read <laughs> Tim's story, you don't even need to read Taylor and my story. Like, you'd be like inspired <laughs> just from that. So I'm just writing on Tim's uh, coattails here. But uh, I told my story. We don't, you know, it's not like a biography. It's a, it's a quick book to read. I think uh, Taylor's okay. 106 pages. Quick story to read, but it more will focus back on the reader. What is your challenge, and mm. how can you turn it into advantage? And that question or that statement that Taylor just made. That turned my thinking so much. I'm going to share that in every talk about, is this happening to me or yeah. is this happening for me? What? And if right. you ask, is this happening for me, it changes your thinking about, for me, what do you mean? I'm in constant 
freaking pain. How could this be happening for me? When you, but when you ask yourself that question, then I start thinking, well, for me, because A, it makes me mentally tough. B, yeah. it gives me some way to empathize with other people and to speak into other people's lives and to help them get out of discouragement. And so that question, that one question alone, A, I use it in my own life and challenges. Is this happening to me or is this happening for me? And that really can really change your thinking around a lot. And so we each tell our stories. I think we limited ourselves to 7,500 words. Now, Tim's, Tim's story could be... 75,000 words, and it still wouldn't cover it all. Uh, Tim, I think that if we got to the end of this show without you sharing what I'm just going to ask you, we would be ripping people off. So I want to, if you can, uh, readers, digest it. Uh, Okay, you ran from the bullets, but at some point you ran into a jungle, the clothes on your back and a bandana, uh, you'll be able to tell about the bandana now. But tell about your your journey through a jungle, through climbing numerous mountains. I've asked you a number of times how many mountains there were you had to climb over to get to Thailand. You never gave me a number, but I know it's more than one. <laughs> Summarize that story a little bit, because people would think, wow, running from AK-47 rifle bullets and none of them hitting you, that sounds like James Bond stuff. But that's even just the start of the story. So yeah. summarize that Reader's Digest version. Now you're in the jungle. I think I read somewhere. I remember it was like a 72-day journey or something like that, right? <laughs> yes. It was a long journey after I was the, uh, I was sent to be executed. But, you know, I'm uh, writing this, this story based on a philosophy uh, of Napoleon Hill, which said, Every adversity, every failure, uh, failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So I'm using that into, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that when I was writing this book. So I broke into uh, smaller parts to make readers understand why we can turn adversity uh, into advantage. But from there on, uh, Tom, from the time that I was running away from the uh, bullets, we had to face a few things. Number one was to find what we call Mastermind Alliance. I could not run to freedom alone because I am by myself. I was by myself. So I was looking to find more people to do the adventure with me so it it was hard to look for people to agree with you to run to nowhere you know so it was impossible then but i managed to form a uh, an alliance of uh, 12 people so we started an adventure uh, quite a while for a few weeks into the jungle and then we were captured by soldiers and they began to send us to be executed again. So the uh, last part was going through the jungle without food, without water, without any direction. And the jungle was so dense that you could not see any light up in the sky. So you're walking in circles sometime for a few days and, you know, helping with uh, uh, by the animals uh, in the jungle, elephant, tigers, snakes, and all of that. So you ate all the things that you could find. And, you know, with the help of uh, guidance up from up above, I think we managed to to escape uh, a million landmines that was was, uh, was uh, placed in the jungle. And we have gone through, I have no idea how many mountains, but every time we climb to one mountain, we see a few, a bunch more, six, seven more to go. And between mountains, we have valleys, we have uh, all wild animals, we have water to swim, we have a lot more stuff to cross. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an adventure that I would want to do it again if I knew <laughs> that I would survive. <laughs> 
Really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or maybe, uh, you know, uh, American, what what did Americans show, uh, the survivors or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Through that again. But, uh, yeah, it was very, um, I would say, adventurous indeed in terms of not knowing where you want to go, but yet you will walk one step at a time toward what I call freedom. Sometime I did not have uh, uh, enough food to eat. We were laying, starved, uh, almost to death. And then then we pick up something else and something else helped push us towards something that we needed to survive on, such as water and stuff. I, I didn't have water to drink for a few days and we, we were laying, you know, to die in the jungle. And then something else happened to push us toward the water. You know, those things that are... I would like to share um, later on in the detailed book. Tim, but it how was old very were you difficult. during this event? How uh, old? Uh, I was uh, 19-ish, going on to 20s. Okay. 20, yeah. yeah. All right, we, so you well, knew I, enough. I would say 20. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's but you knew enough. You had your you had your wits about you, obviously, to think your way out of these things and I think I think that was a really good thing that you did in creating an alliance because freedom isn't a single thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really liked how that came out from you. You know, if you have freedom and you're by yourself, what actually do you have? <laughs> you know, what do you own, right? <laughs> but if you have freedom and you've got 12 other people around with you, you have something to share, right? And you have something yes. to live for. So I, I that was a very poignant uh, uh, moment there in the in uh, in the dialogue. So I I appreciate that, um, Taylor. Uh, now I'll I'll tell you, gentlemen. We probably are we probably are about five minutes from having to wrap up this uh, uh, this conversation. So perhaps if I could get um, each of you, and we'll start with Taylor, uh, if we can get some kind of what shall we say, some thought, some final thought about uh, about what you've done and the, and maybe some a, a soft reference to the book and, uh, and how you're feeling today. I mean, that would be fantastic. Take it away, Taylor. Yeah, well, this is, I think it's a great opportunity for the reader to, uh, to dive into this book with three very different perspectives that all have a common thread of finding a way to overcome life's obstacles and turn them into opportunity. And I'll share quickly with you the four questions that I ask uh, people because I think they're really, really important for you to move through. And number one is, is this adversity temporary? Right. You can say yes to that question. Then you move on to number two, and what is this adversity costing me? And how long am I willing to pay the price? Right. If you are able to write those things down about what, this situation is costing you and turn that that thing that seems to be happening to you like Tom said into something now that's happening for you you can go into that third beautiful question which is what is this adversity teaching me and you can begin to think about the wonderful things that you are learning from the difficult situation that you would not be able to learn any other way than the way that you're going through it currently and then as you move through that, you move to number four, and how do I apply this teaching? And somehow, some way, you got to find what's good in it. There's mm-hmm. something good. Uh, you know, with, with, with Tom, even though he has tremendous physical pain, now he, he motivates others who need inspiration, who are going to difficult time. And he, he, he can't do that effectively unless he's the, the very person that he is today. And also with you know with Tim with this amazing story of, of overcoming adversity that anybody would just be amazed at yeah. his sense of perseverance and sense of, of uh, downright determination to find freedom is what this book is all about and I'm just really happy to be a part of it with these two guys and and really I'm just I'm just uh, excited about the possibilities of this well, book so that's perfect thank you Taylor that was well said. Tim, your final thoughts on the book. I jumped up and down a few times, uh, start eating banana sideways, 
after receiving <laughs> after, after receiving two copies of the book i've sent one to tom and i was so excited to share it and i read my own writing uh and i uh, that dry tears came back again so uh, if you got to have to read it I, the book was so short we condensed it uh, to a one sitting to read and I think I am very happy to share and looking forward to share more in detail in a bigger book. That's fantastic. Yes. And Tom, your your final thoughts on the book and uh, and the entire project? Uh... Well, as I said, I'm just if I could be in a book with Tim Chin, like <laughs> I think I'm just riding on his coattails. But here's the one thing. <laughs> Here's the one thing I tell everybody. So people will ask, why are you amazing? How can you say you're amazing when you're in constant, never-ending pain? This is not a short-term uh, pain, as Taylor, one of the questions in Taylor's book. This is going to go on forever. It's not going to go away. So how do I say amazing and actually believe amazing? And I remind people that four out of ten people in the world live on less than two dollars a day. They don't eat every day. Yeah. Probably more than probably more than fifty percent don't eat every day. Uh if you if you look at your problem, especially if you live in North America, if you look in your at your problem uh as far as a global perspective, you will be able to live with your problem way easier mentally and emotionally, I believe, because I believe uh, those four out of ten people in the world, which should be like over two and a half billion people that live on less than $2 a day, A, all of us on this call are nice people, but we're no nicer than people that don't get to eat every day. How do we get the global blessing of living in North America? And B, I have to think that many of those 2.5 billion people would trade places with me in an instant Right. I don't mind going through pain and constant pain to live in Canada, to get it looked after in the healthcare system for free, to be able to eat every day, to be able to send my kids to school, to be able to drive a car, to be able to own a car. And so if you look at your problems mm-hmm. as far as a global perspective, uh, I think that really helps you to <laughs> almost be appreciative for the problems you have, especially oh. if you live in a developed country or, in our case, U.S. and Canada. Um, I think it will help cut down on the number of complaints you have and it will help you feel better about, oh, well, yeah, I have this challenge, but I live in North America. I don't miss meals. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people in North America, when they miss a meal, they're going to tell everybody they saw, well, I was so busy today, I had to miss lunch. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I think it really helps people, uh, some of the things we talk about in this book, to reframe their challenge in a way that they're almost content with the problems they go through compared with uh, dodging bullets, climbing mountains, childhood uh, uh, abuse, uh, and so I think it really gives people a perspective on their own challenges and how they can uh, be content with the challenges they have and then with the questions that Taylor uh, mentioned to be able to do something with their challenges positive to benefit other people. And so when you're content with your challenge and you can use it to help other people, boy, I think that's like a real blessing. Yeah. Well, I remember at the dinner table... uh, uh, when I wouldn't eat my mom's uh, overcooked broccoli, that she'd say, do you know that there are children starving in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the times that she the times that she said that to me as a kid, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? But it's really funny. But And it's not funny because you have just actually put it in, and in its real light. She was just making a quip, but you have mm. put it in its real light. Uh, in its real and true light, so I appreciate it. Um, before we say goodbye to the audience, uh, maybe Tom, maybe you can tell us, tell the audience where they can get your book, how they can, how they can subscribe to um, uh, to finding out where you are, each and every one of you, and 
and, and how they can connect with you, because I'm sure that you will have touched some hearts today, and there will be mm-hmm. people that want to speak to you. Uh, for sure, for sure. Well, the book is Adversity to Advantage. Uh, I have my computer shut, so I don't remember the subtitle, but Taylor will be able to mention it. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be as a paperback or a Kindle version. Uh, we're in the process of building the website. It's going to be adversity to advantage book.com. But people can find me at Tom, the number two, and tall, T A L L dot com, until adversity to advantage books.com is up, which will be in the next couple of weeks. Taylor, uh, where can people find you? Tell us what the subtitle is because I don't want to mess it up and give the wrong subtitle for my own book. Yeah, the, the title is Adversity to Advantage, and the subtitle is Three Epic Stories of Transforming Life's Obstacles into Opportunity. And I will have to say that we do have three epic stories with, with Tom's journey through arthritis and, and Tim's climbing numerous mountains and doing the matrix with bullets and, and me uh, overcoming a tremendous defeat and fear. So we we got an, an excellent, excellent book. Uh, you can find me at theevolvingheart.com and then also adversitytoadvantagebook.com uh, shortly. Fantastic. And Tim, and also, where, do we, where do we find on, you, Mike? Uh, also on oh. November 9, November 9, right, Taylor? Yep. Yes. Uh, don't November forget 9. to log into uh, Amazon Book and download the book for 99 cents over a short period of time, if I understand that correctly, uh, Taylor. And uh, that day, uh, that day what, what was the time period, though, Tom? Or Taylor. Well, well, we'll have it available for twenty, basically twenty-four hour period uh, on November ninth. Uh, we want to get as many many people as possible to buy a copy, a Kindle copy for ninety-nine cents. It'll be on sale that day uh, as part of our book launch. So we're we're excited for everybody to join us on that day. Wow, well that's that's a steal. Ninety-nine cents for a Kindle copy? Are you kidding me? That. Right. Everybody that hears this, that's everybody that's in earshot of this uh, radio program, should all go out and buy this. I I highly recommend it. Even, I mean, even just from hearing the the snippets of uh, of those stories, I, I can't wait to get it myself. Guys, thank you very much uh, for today. Really appreciated hearing uh, from you all, and. Um, as uh, as as you're all uh, members of uh, the Napoleon Hill Foundation and uh, uh, Journey to Success Radio, I'm sure that we're going to have uh, future conversations, and particularly after the book has made its way out into the public, and we can we can have a another conversation about how well it's doing and how it's on the bestsellers list. Sound mm. good? Amazing. Excellent. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, everybody, and uh, good night, and uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Take care. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you.